The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Basketball Society. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, brought to you by Basketball Society and the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, you're joined by myself, Alex Fish, by my co-host, Mike Bash. And I know it has been a little while here since we have brought a new episode to you guys. I know myself, I've been traveling a little bit. I went to USBA Nationals in North Carolina with Basketball Society as we were the uh, host media affiliates of the whole tournament. That was a great time. Um, And then had my own little vacation the week after. But we're back. I'm back with Mike, and it's time to start our year in review series. So, without further ado, just like last year, we're starting off with the first place team from last season, and it is, of course, none other than the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors finished with the second seed overall in the East, first seed overall in the Atlantic. They finished 58 and 24. They had this guy that happened to be named Kawhi Leonard join their team when nobody really thought he would. But, yeah, they ended up being the NBA champions. So, Mike, I'll let you open it up. Just, you know, uh, first thoughts on the season, uh, how it differed from what you thought in the beginning of the season, if it differed at all. Just some thoughts. So, I remember last year when we talked about the Raptors, we were like, what are they doing? They're kind of going all in for one year. There's no there's no guarantee that Kawhi Leonard's going to stay. There's no guarantee they're going to win with Kawhi Leonard because he's coming off this major injury where he missed like 75 games or something. And they traded away their franchise player and DeMar DeRozan. And, and we're, we're like, all right, I guess this makes them better if Leonard's healthy, but we I don't know what they're doing. We really had no idea. Well... Masai Ujiri is a genius, clearly. Uh, That move was one of the boldest moves I've ever seen, and it paid off for a championship. The problem is the downside of it is now, you know, Kawhi Leonard has left. But you got the banner, you got the championship, you got the parade. So the season as a whole was a success. We saw guys like Pascal Siakam break out. We saw guys like Fred Van Vliet uh, break out. We saw... Um, Kyle Lowry step up his game a little bit. They went out and acquired Marcus Saul. Uh, one guy that kind of didn't produce the way you'd like, and that's because of injury, was OG Ananobi. But he's mm-hmm. definitely going to be the guy that's looked to step up in the absence of Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Serge Ibaka had a bounce-back season. So, overall, I mean, they're the world champions. It was a great season for Toronto. But just as a as a whole, as a franchise, you know, they, they did see guys other than the superstar Kawhi Leonard, step up for them. Yeah. I mean, overall, like, you can't say the season was a failure when you get a championship. Of course, of course. So, uh, the season was great. And and honestly, like like you said, it was a very ballsy move from uh, from Masai. And 
I think, honestly, even looking ahead to the future, that I think it was a success as well because with the roster they had before bringing in Kawhi Leonard, I wasn't I, I wasn't even seeing a file, finals appearance out of it. Um, so, you know, hey, a lot of the times the bold get rewarded. Um, it's the people who are afraid to make moves that never get anywhere. I mean, again – Look at your Brooklyn Nets. You guys made your move way back when for the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett thing. And after, you know, building, 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 now you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Like, you made your bold move, and now, you know, you just keep building off of that. Like, it's something that, you know, at least every team has to do once in a while. This bold move, though, happened to pay off right away. (laughs) um i mean they got great production out of everybody like you said og ananobi could have been um you know bigger than he really was but injury shortened that um but they now have they now also have marcus Gasol. they did lose um valanchunas so obviously he won't be in on the team going forward either same with DeRozan. Um, so right now it's definitely like a thin roster, but at the same time, they still have some good young pieces left in, you know, Van Vliet, Siakam, Anunobi, um, Chris Boucher has actually been, you know, building a lot as well. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what this team looks like, uh, next year, but just Opening thoughts, obviously, from this last season. I think overall, you got to give them an A plus. They won the championship. You got the banner. You got the parade. Uh, you, you, the finally, a a Canadian team has won the finals, and um, I mean, it was a great time for Toronto. So, obviously, you know they win the finals. Uh, uh, so it's a, it's a successful season overall. What do you see them doing this coming season? If, say, you know, they, now that they don't have Kawhi, are they going to trade Kyle Lowry? Are they going to trade Marcus All? I know they just re-signed him and everything, but, like, um, what what do you think this means? This, this season that just happened, what do you think this now means going forward? So, looking at their roster, you have three guys that stick out like a sore thumb. You have... Right. Kyle Lowry, Marcus Saul, and Serge Ibaka. Every guy other than those three are that's an impact player or any sort of rotation player for them is 25 and younger, 26 and younger. So I would think of the three, Gasol is the most likely to be moved. Gasol is what 34 years old now, 30 going on 35 years old. I believe so. Yeah. He, he you know, he's not part of your future. He's going to want to play for a contender. He. He's, you know, it doesn't serve a purpose having Marcus Gasol on the 2019-2020 Toronto Raptors. So I could see Gasol getting moved. Maybe it doesn't happen before the season. Maybe it's another deadline deal, or maybe it's an early in the season deal. Kyle Lowry is kind of their like de facto franchise player, so it's going to be hard to move him if somebody right. really needs a point guard and gives up something of value that Toronto and Masai Ujiri can't pass up. I could see Lowry getting moved. And Serge Ibaka is another guy where if a team's looking for a stretch for a veteran presence that could afford, you know, his cap hit, I think it's not that high. I think it's like $9 million or something not crazy. Those three guys could definitely get moved, and then you just have this young core of um, 
you know, Siakam and, and Van Vliet and, and Powell and Anobi, which isn't going to win a lot of games. You know, I'm sorry, Pascal Siakam. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's a, they got their championship, but now it's almost like they have to tear it down. Uh, it was interesting, though. They did, they did have an offer on the table from the Oklahoma City Thunder to take Russell right. Westbrook and Paul George for a deal that was, like, Pascal Siakam and a boatload of picks. Yeah. I mean, it was there for the taking. Um, and it's funny because, obviously, like, we just talked about how, you know, Ujiri was being bold. Um, and this one he was kind of backing down from. I mean, I you could almost see it as like, okay, I was bold once, tested my luck, it worked out. Is it going to work out a second time? Um, and, you know, the thing is, when I look at the trade, I understand them saying no. Because, personally for me, Westbrook, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, I personally don't think that works. I don't think those three guys work well enough all together to win a championship especially because Kawhi Leonard is now much more ball dominant than he ever used to be um I mean I, I understand that there were points in this post in the the just this past postseason where you know like Kawhi had to have the ball because no one else on the team was scoring I understand that but you know, when he made his runs with San Antonio, that was before he became the offensive player that he is now. And we all know that Westbrook has to have the ball in his hands for a lot of the time he's on the floor. So I understand them saying no on this because, A, I don't think it would work, and then, B, if it doesn't work, you just mortgage your entire future for the next, like, five seasons. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Uh, I don't know. That's a lot of star power, though. Um, you know, you have Westbrook, you have Gasol. I'm sorry, you have Westbrook, you have George, you have Kawhi Leonard. I, I don't want to say it wouldn't work. I just don't know how much size they would have, because obviously Gasol would have to get traded, and and uh, probably Ibaka would get traded just because of cap reasons. But it would have been interesting. Because that core would have stayed together for like three years, four years. Um, True. But, you know, Ujiri, hey, that guy's earned himself almost like a lifetime contract in Toronto. Because Drake's not going to complain. And the own, I don't know who the owners are, but they're not going to complain. So as long as uh, Ujiri wants to stay in Toronto, I think he's kind of he's earned himself a lot, a lot of rope after winning the championship. And... He's going to be looked at where any any move he makes is the right move right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. Like, he's he's definitely earned the praise of everyone in Toronto. Um, and th- there was even talk about this offseason. I forget which team it was. I think it was the Wizards trying to pry him away from Toronto. Yeah, they offered him, like, ownership stake. Yeah. And I, I think that just that rumor alone shows you how respected Ujiri is throughout the league. And mind you, Masai is another Spurs disciple. 
he came out of the Spurs front office. The uh, the same front office when they drafted Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Tony Parker, and all those guys. So, I mean, the apple doesn't fall far, fall far from the tree. But, yeah, I mean, definitely, whichever way he went, I don't think anyone would really be upset about it. Like, yeah, it comes out and you're like, oh, that'd be so many stars. You would definitely at least sell tickets like crazy for those four years, too, whether you win or not. Um, I mean, you're definitely making the playoffs and everything, so you're going to get extra games, um, and you're going to sell a lot of tickets. But, yeah, I, I, the only thing is, because in that trade also, they had to, tr- you would have to trade Lowry, obviously. Um, because, you know, Lowry's money with those two, with their two money, that's not going to fit. Especially with Westbrook's money, like, you are really salary cap tied for a long time um so when you make that kind of trade you're really not signing anybody else uh like you you're like pretty much stuck in cap hell um so yeah i don't know i i mean yes it would be fun to watch if they did make the trade but personally if i was a raptors fan i'd be okay with not making the trade too with with how they are now so I mean, it is what it is. They also picked up some younger guys. Uh, they picked up guys like Stanley Johnson this offseason. They picked up an ex-net in Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Um, and, you know, they still just have some young guys that they're, uh, that they're trying out here. Like, one of the rookies they got was uh, from University of Miami. It was Dewan Hernandez. Um, one of the guys on a two-way contract they have are Jordan Lloyd. Um, they also have, let's see, they have Devin Robinson from the University of Florida. They still have Patrick McCall. Yeah. So it's, um, they have guys. They're just not going to be like super. No, it's going to be a while until they're good again. Um, that being said though, and you, and, you, and you mentioned Masai Ujiri as a San Antonio disciple, not to forget Sean Marks as well, but just yes. want to throw that out there. No, it's it, it it's it's one of those things where, like like I said earlier, we didn't know what Toronto was going to do. Like We had no idea what their plan was because we knew this could happen. We knew there'd be a, there could be a situation where... Toronto was left with no with with no Kawhi Leonard and the roster left behind wasn't very good. They got their championship and now it's time to rebuild. That's fine for the teams in the Eastern Conference. It moves everybody up a spot. That's why teams like the Nets are projected in the top five and and the Raptors. I hey, if if Pascal Siakam keeps ascending on the on the, at the rate that he's ascended to and you know he's going to be the focal point now. So he could you know. Do you, you're the biggest Pascal Siakam supporter I've ever seen. Um, oh yeah. Do you see a twenty and ten guy in him? Oh hell yeah. You know if if he goes from sixteen and nine or what was he at seventeen and seven to twenty two and eight and Lowry stays good and and uh, you know Abaka's all right and and maybe they keep Gasol. I, mean, I could this team could still make the playoffs. The East is not that much improved, so. You know, yeah, I don't think they're going to be better than the Nets. I don't think they're going to be better than the Celtics. I don't think they're going to be better than the Sixers. They'll definitely be better than the Knicks, but I think there's 29 other teams in the NBA that could say that. 
Or 20, <laughs> 28 other teams, however many teams there are. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Pascal Siakam, this is his chance. He either keeps them competitive or they're going to be a team picking in the high lottery next year. Uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of like it can go either way because they could, they could blow the whole team up, obviously, besides Siakam, or they could try to compete for a playoff spot and be a seven seed next year or be a six seed next year. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I completely agree. Like, it's definitely – it's Siakam's chance to, uh, you know, prove himself. It, it's his chance to – um, really show if he can be a number one guy or if he's just going to be like a, a number three or even a number two. Um, and you hinted at a little bit like if Lowry's still good, like that's also a, a big if there. Like is Lowry going to show some decline because, excuse me, because um, he wasn't really asked to score much last year. Um, like he had a significant dip in his scoring numbers, uh, in his, you know, in the 15, 16 and 16, 17 seasons, he's, he was scoring 21, 22 points a game last season. He scored 14 points a game, but his assist numbers were the highest in his career. They were up to 8.7 a game. So it's also a question of what are you going to get from Kyle Lowry? Um, and you know, obviously are they going to trade him and everything because he's going to be 33 next season. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, I mean, not a little bit, but there's a lot of ifs there. And the thing is, this team is still really long. Like this team is still athletic and long. Like the, the two short guys obviously are Lowry and Van Vliet. But after after them, your next shortest guy is Norman Powell at six foot four. Like a lot of your starters, OG is six foot eight, Siakam's six foot nine, uh, Abaka six ten, Gasol seven foot one, um, McCall six seven, Stanley Johnson, Rondé Hollis Jefferson both six seven. Like this is still a long team that can really they're going to be able to play some very good defense whether you know, they score or not is going to be the biggest issue right now. Um, but yeah, like I honestly think that you'll see Fred Van Vliet get a lot more minutes. I think you'll see him probably even start a good amount of games. Like I think you'll probably see him start at least 20 to 30 games this year. Um, and you know, after that, one of the one of the big names I'm looking at right now to see if he steps up to the plate is Norman Powell. He was kind of a guy that, you know, really helped them on their playoff run in his rookie season. Or maybe it was a sophomore season. I forget which one. But he regressed big time from that the season before. And then last season, I mean, he still wasn't – he was good, but he still wasn't giving, like, big-time production. He only played 18 minutes a game. So I think, you know, like he's one guy I'm looking at to see if he can really step up as well. Um, and then after that, I think I think their next guy to really come into his own and help, and he's going to help the team a lot, I think is Chris Boucher. Yeah, I know. Isn't Boucher like Canadian or is that, am I thinking of somebody else? Um, He's not Canadian, but he is... I don't know what this flag is. <laughs> um, 
Uh, no, he's he's Saint, Saint Lucian Lucia. born Canadian professional bas- <laughs> basketball player. Yeah. yeah. So he was born in Saint Lucia, but he's Canadian. Um, so right, he right. is Canadian. Went to Oregon. Yeah. Uh, no, he's a guy who um, I know he's a fan favorite. He's kind of like their new uh, Bruno Caboclo, if you remember him. Oh yeah, I remember him, the Brazilian Kevin Durant. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, and and. You know, not to be confused with Caress Levert, which is the uh, East Coast version of Kevin Durant. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> oh my different God. topic. Uh, but Kevin Durant's already on the East Coast. Yeah, so we oh, and now we got two of them. Well, all right, he's the he- he's the healthy <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know much about Boucher. I know like he's like like I said, he's a fan favorite. But uh, it, it's it'll be an interesting season. They, like you said, they still have some guys like Ananobi and Ananobi and Siakam can turn into like the next dynamic duo in the in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they have that kind of upside with Ananobi's. It was like a Kawhi Leonard like light, like a very young raw Kawhi Leonard light, and uh, Siakam has shown elite upside. I, I do agree with uh, you with Van Vliet. I think he takes over for, for Kyle Lowry as the starting point guard. Maybe not right. game one, maybe not game ten, but maybe by game 35. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's going to be their, their three-headed monster. I like guys like Stanley Johnson and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. They're, they're guys who, like, Stanley Johnson is a great defensive player, but he, his scoring has never caught up, where now he's going to get a chance on a team to really just play his butt off, you know, not worry about expectations because he's not the top 10 pick for Detroit. Like, he was the top 10 pick for Detroit. So he had all these expectations. Now he's just like a, you know, second chance kind of guy. See what happens. I, I like the pieces here. This could be a team like where the, you know, kind of like with uh, Atlanta from years ago where the, the, the sum of the parts are greater than the talent individually. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think right now I look at Toronto as a fringe playoff team, a 7-8 seed, and we'll see what happens. Um, Nick Nurse is, you know, going to show that he's going to have to show that he can coach without a star player right now, and we'll see what happens. I, I, I like what Toronto has left, and it'll be interesting to see if they have to tear it down or if they can just go into, a, you know, not maybe not a rebuild, but a reload. Right, right. And I mean... What I'm seeing right now in this team with how they're set up, I'm seeing a sort of like Los Angeles Clippers-esque team. And I mean the Clippers with, you know, just right before they got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So the team with, you know, just the the regular guys who can still make some noise and, you know, get into the playoffs and be able to at least, like, challenge a team and not get swept. Um, and, mind you, I mean I mean this if, like, you know, the guys we're talking about step up. So, like, Siakam, OG, um, you know, Van Vliet gets in on it. Like, I, if these guys step up to how we think they're going to play, I see a very Clippers-esque team here. Um, especially if they can get, like, a, a younger center. I mean, obviously, it's a little hard to get somebody exactly like Montrez Harrell. Um, but I, I see a a very, you know, 
upstart, challenging, defensive, athletic team that once, you know, they get this season under their belt without Kawhi Leonard and everything, you'll see them as like a good target for free agents because they'll have that supporting cast there ready for you. Like a free agent will be looking at teams and they'll see, oh, well, this this team already has, you know, the 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 what am I trying to say? Like the scaffolding, the uh, just the infrastructure be... is what you're looking for. Uh, yes. Hey, there you go. I don't know how I got scaffolding. On. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I uh, honestly, that was not that was not the word I was expecting. Scaffolding. <laughs> um, I don't know. That would have been about like number 12 on my list of. What adjective is is Alex going to use today? <laughs> or, or, or noun, noun, noun. That's what I'm looking for. What noun? It's been is, a long day. <laughs> uh, Alex going to use. I would not have picked scaffolding. I I feel like everybody who's listening right now is probably like, "That's the word you chose." Well, to be fair, <laughs> uh, we are recording this, and this is not live, so nobody is listening right now. Um, well, you know what I mean. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying, right this instant, nobody is listening. Once we post True. it, people will be. True. But anyway. Just wanted to clear um, that up for you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, the infrastructure is there. So, you know, as a superstar player, kind of like how Kawhi Leonard and Paul George went to the Clippers, um, they'll look at Toronto and be like, okay, they have everything there. All they need is that superstar player or those two superstar players, depending on how Siakam turns out. Yeah. The problem is is Toronto is not New York. Toronto is not L.A. Uh, guys, especially American players, aren't really haven't shown the openness to go to Toronto. to Not only because it's another country, but they have like... If Toronto was a city in the in, in in the USA, I think it'd have like the highest tax rates. So players are a leaving their home country and b get losing more money by going to Toronto. Um, True. Can it happen? Can things change? Can can free agents start to go there? Yeah, sure. Look at the Nets. But again, the Nets are in New York. Um, but you know, it's until it's gonna it's gonna take a free agent, not a trade, that to break that kind of like barrier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely see where you're coming from. Random question: Does does can Canada doesn't use U.S. dollars, right? Uh, they use Canadian dollars, I believe. But so it's like, sim- do the Raptors get U.S. dollars for their contract? Uh, I think they get Canadian dollars. Well, I mean, it's converted. Right. Mm, that's a. I would assume they get. Hmm. That's a very good question. I don't know. <laughs> I never even thought about that until right now when you talked about the the conversion rate. <laughs> to, uh, to Raptor players getting paid in... Uh, Ask the Google machine. Canadian teams players... Canadian teams pay players in Canadian dollars, but the salary amounts are based on the U.S. dollar value of the contract. So payers effect are effectively paid in U.S. dollars. This creates a mismatch between revenue and cost for Canadian teams and leaves profitability exposed. Well, that's for the NHL. Ah. Uh, well, I mean, that's there's a Reddit. The NHL looking at Reddit. Looking at American. Reddit. Oh, let me see what Reddit. The first guy said they get paid in bags of milk. 
They get paid in U.S. dollars, <laughs> which is a huge advantage. A common misconception by athletes in the major leagues is a terrible place, but that's not true at all. Our federal tax is so low that Toronto is the middle of the pack in terms of taxes compared to other cities. Uh, huh. I, all right, I'm getting mixed answers here, but it, I'm seeing a lot. They get paid in U.S. dollars. Okay. But they still have to pay that's Canadian different. taxes. Okay. Well, they, uh, so the that's one you just thing. read is that so Toronto's in the middle of the pack, though. Yeah, but you also got to remember they got to they got to pay taxes in U.S. dollars, taxes to both governments. Oh, so yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, that that would really suck. And I'm not an um, advanced enough in, in accounting yet to really answer that question for you. Okay. And, of course, like you said, Toronto isn't New York. Like, you know, you would go to a cold city if it's, like, you know, like a New York or something like that. But Toronto is super cold. (laughs) Like, I remember when they had the All-Star game there, and all I saw on Twitter was, like, media and everybody, like, complaining that it was, like, negative degrees outside. Yeah, well, it's a hockey city, not a basketball city. Ah, that's very true. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, I, it's definitely going to be tough uh, free agent wise. But um, I think it'll definitely be something that you know people will at least give thought to because of the infrastructure, not the scaffolding, <laughs> not the scaffolding, not the scaffolding. Um, but yeah, I mean overall, like we said, this season you know obviously success ended with a championship. Kawhi Leonard. Um, really proved his worth. Um, so, just real quick, do you think Kawhi Leonard wins another championship this coming season? Oh my God, that's a. Uh, I'm gonna say no. No. Do you think he makes the finals? I'm gonna say no. Oh. Okay. I, I, well, you know who I who I think is coming out of the West, Denver. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely they're gonna it's sign, definitely possible. They're gonna sign Carmelo Anthony as the sixth man. Oh God, I think they have too many players right now. <laughs> Imagine they sign Melo and he and he's the sixth man and he hits a game winner in Game Seven of the Conference Finals to send them to the finals. That would be insane, and obviously, and honestly, like I would, I like, I give I give Melo a lot of credit, but I think it would be cool to see him like you know thrive some more other than just his Denver days, like back back when. Didn't you uh? Didn't you see uh Carmelo Anthony? I did. I I took a picture with him actually. That's pretty cool. Um, his son was actually pretty damn good too. I think. They were only, like, 6th grade or 7th grade. Um, but uh, in the championship game, his son hit two four-point plays back-to-back. Like, they were down, I think they were down 10 with under a minute left. And he hit two four-point plays back-to-back to get down by... Like, they fouled them a little bit, and they missed, like, one or two free throws. So I think they were down by three with five seconds left. And 
they the they're like inbounder lost the ball on the one possession or something, so they had to foul him again, and they ended up losing. But the team the team that his son played was called Super Friends. Okay. That's that specific team has not lost a single game in two years. And then they lost. To, then did they lose to? Um, no, they beat they beat Mellow Suns team. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they they still have not been beaten in two years, which is insane. <laughs> well, they probably have a future an NBA player on their team. If I had to guess. Pro- I mean, there was a kid that could dunk. Okay, in sixth grade. Yeah. Oh, that's impressive. <laughs> I cannot is he dunk. Actually, I can't. Is he actually st- I still can't dunk. The sixth grader, I don't know. <laughs> is he like but. the kid from a? Is he like the guy from a bench warmer? So he goes, "I am twelve, and he's really <laughs> six foot five. Probably with a beard uh, and a beer. I feel like there was probably a few of those kinds of players there. I wouldn't be surprised with the way but. these youth programs cheat. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, but so, what do you have the Raptors looking like next season? Missing the playoffs or making the playoffs? I think they're a seven-eight seed. Uh, I think they're going to be like forty-three and thirty-nine. Okay, I I think they will also be an eight seed, but I think they'll be a little bit closer to five hundred. I'm going to say forty-two and forty. Okay, fair enough. That's. Close in projection. Yeah. So that is it for us. Thank you guys for listening. That is just the first episode of our year in review series. We'll be back with the Philadelphia 76ers, actually, um, next week. And we will finish out this uh, this series with these teams. And then we'll start to – we'll then get into some uh, predictions for all of the divisions like last year. So – Stick with us. Make sure you guys check out the rest of the episodes. Thank you for listening this week, and we will catch you guys next week. Make sure you check out BasketballSocietyOnline.com, and make sure you check out the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. That is it for us. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. How do I stop?